0: Amateur drinking, professional drinking by Birdie Buddies. If you want to hit them straight out there, please check out Fairway Rolling every week. Available on Spotify.
1: It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved QuickBets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch here. Big Rob. Big Rob Mahoney there. We are here for Thursday edition, a special Thursday edition of the Ringer NBA show. i um, here to talk to you guys about the ins and outs and everywhere in between
0: um, in NBA free agency. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing okay, but I, I mean, my wires are a little crossed. There's a lot of players moving around. There's a lot of stuff happening. I think I might've gotten traded for Rudy Gobert today. I'm not really sure if I'm in that deal or not.
1: You might've been, you might've been like cast consideration somehow on that. I don't know. I I think you might've been in that one. Um, It's a great segue because that is the first thing we are going to talk about. The Rudy Gobert trade, which is the the news of the day, right? For Friday, July 1st. Um, Thursday was all about Kevin Durant demanding a trade. Now we actually see a trade actually happening with uh, Rudy Gobert. Going to the Minnesota Timberwolves for a plethora of first-round picks. Pat Bev, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler. We are getting the Utah Jazz are getting the 2023, 2025, 2027 unprotected picks and a top-five protected pick um, in 2029. First impressions of that. Just everything that I just said. Just first impressions of that, Rob
0: Mahoney. Boy, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I think my brain naturally kind of splits this up into two things, right? It's like, do we like the fit and do we like the cost? And I think those are two, those are two pretty different questions for me. I mean, how are you feeling about the, just the idea of Gobert next to Carl Towns, next to Anthony Edwards, with the guys they have? How are you feeling about that?
1: So if anyone has heard um, me on Real Ones, um, you know that I have not been kind to Rudy Gobert, um, specifically his defense. In the playoffs, obviously, he's statistically one of the greatest defenders of all time. And I feel like whenever that, whenever I make that point that he gets targeted in picking rolls, he is, you know, all the above of things that you hear about his defensive ability or lack thereof in the postseason. I am t- told by you, I am told by <laughs> Sir Sohi, I am told by everyone, hey, they they're, they're in Utah, he was the lone defender, like defensive minded person on that team. didn't get a lot of help from his wings, didn't get a lot of help from everyone else that is not a rim protector, right So when you see him now alongside this roster um, in Minnesota, you have Anthony Edwards, who can be has all the tools and the makings of being a really, really good defender in this league, and you put him alongside uh, Carl Anthony Towns, who's true? I know in the modern NBA, you might call him a five, but in his true, uh, what he, maybe he might want to play, puts him in his rightful position as if the four. If Minnesota can get enough defensive wings around Rudy, I think, they, I think it's a good play, right? I think that that's a good thing. And also, it's a fresh start for Rudy because let's just be honest, for the last three, four years, it just seems like Utah and that locker room just didn't like him for whatever reason, fair or unfair. Um, so I think it's a good op- just taking the picks away from it, the compensation away from it. I think it's a good opportunity for um, the Minnesota Timberwolves to build around um, Carl Anthony Townsend, Anthony Edwards. But I do have a caveat and I want to hear your your opinion on this. Rob. OK, the f- this trade shows me that. Minnesota has gone all in, There's, they, all into to postseason success and whatever that means for them, right? They are no longer that team on the bubble where it's like, oh, they could if they build their pieces, they could build something or, organically. They were at a crossroads if they want to go and make a deal to be, to be a contender into that next upper echelon of Western Conference teams or continue their build just exponentially. They chose to go rightfully into, uh, oh, we're going to contend now. Is that, do do you think that, um, do you think one, that's the case? And the second question is, do you think Rudy Gobert is, is going to put them over the top because there's so much compensation going the other way. He kind of has to be that guy.
0: Yeah. I think that's what they're aiming for. Right. And you can see if you want to like do the math for them, how they got there. Right. As, as the Timberwolves, we pushed the Grizzlies. We gave them everything they could handle in the first round. That Grizzlies team, they went to play the Warriors and Steve Kerr said that was our biggest challenge in the playoffs was I think it was game six. That was our toughest game we played all playoffs long. And so if you're saying we stacked up so well with the Grizzlies, they stacked up so well with the Warriors. The Warriors win the title. Why not us? Right? Like why, why couldn't we at least get in the mix with some of these other contending teams? Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But I think you zeroed in on something pretty smart, which is the problem in Utah was that he didn't really have a lot of defensive help around him. So he was the lone guy Manning that defense propping it up. I'm not sure short of the kind of advancement from Anthony Edwards that you described like making good on all those physical tools like D'Angelo Russell Carl Towns, even though he's gotten a little better defensively. This is not a a stout defensive team, especially when you think about the guys they traded away Pat Beverly Jared Vanderbilt. Those are two of their best defenders last season. So Gobert, He's going to have to do a lot again but I think he's going to have so much help offensively. I think it's just a more well-rounded roster than what we saw in Utah, which was so Donovan Mitchell-centric. I'm optimistic about what they can do. That said, they've got some work to do to fill out kind of the periphery of this roster, to make it a more fully-fledged thing, to get some of that depth that they're going to need to survive the regular season because the tent poles are pretty strong between Towns and Gobert and Russell and Edwards. They just signed Kyle Anderson, who I think is a good fit for them. They still have Jaden McDaniels, who's a good player. They're going to need one or two more guys, and especially they're going to need a lot of shooting to make this thing work if you're going to play too big all the time. What do
1: you think about two bigs right now in our Lord's year of 2022, where, you know, it's when... And the Lakers, I think the Lakers did this a, a few years ago, where the league is going so small and you want all these wings. And now... This is the late, the the Minnesota Timberwolves are the latest team to go. Oh, no, we're going to double down on two bigs down there. Do you think that that's going to help them in the long run? Is it going to hurt them? Is, are they just going to be left behind
0: in a league that is definitely going small and wing heavy? Is it going small and wing heavy, though? I think that's definitely where we've been, right? Indisputably. Phoenix, we'll see where they end up after all the Kevin Durant stuff. But other than that, I mean, Golden Golden State certainly plays small, but... Dallas just signed JaVale McGee to play him with Christian Wood. New Orleans is playing Zion with Biggs. Memphis obviously plays big, although Jaron Jackson Jr. is, is going to be injured. They may have to figure something else out there. A lot of these teams in the West, I mean, I guess i guess the Clippers are the other exception there. The Clippers and the Warriors, who might be the two best teams in the conference, are playing small. Everyone else is kind of playing big right now. And I, I think it's it's somewhat a function of the marketplace and just like, we can't get those good wing guys. So let's get these solid bigs instead and see if we can make it work. Maybe that's wishful thinking. But if you're going to try to do it, you could certainly do worse than Carl Towns, one of the most versatile offensive bigs we have. And Rudy Gobert, as you said, this incredibly accomplished defender. Let's let's roll the dice with that and see if it works. Now, you may not want to roll the dice at the cost of four future first round picks, most of which are, are largely unprotected. That's a, that's a steep cost, but you can understand how they got there.
1: So let's talk about the compensation. Yeah. Was your jaw did you break your jaw because it was on the floor? <laughs> like what was your reaction when you when you when you saw the compensation for that because man, like for a team that's trying to build um and honestly you can get and it, we're also in a league and I'll do the caveat that we're in a league that like you can get draft picks if you really want to. You can always get draft picks. You can kind of as this league has also shown us you can always get players for draft picks. It's kind of a give and take, right? But how did they sacrifice their short-term future, which is something in the team that they're trying to build. If you're trying to build around an Anthony Edwards or a Carl Towns, you need to build, the history suggests you need to build through the draft. Did they give up too much for a Rudy Gobert who's 30 and a big man and a big man who, um, you know, big bands don't have a long shelf life here. 30 is kind is is, is is old for big
0: man terms. Did they give up too much for him? They certainly gave up a lot. And a lot in a way that I think would make you concerned. But when you're in a position like they are, if you're not giving up Edwards or Towns, you're going to be giving up a lot. Because what else do you have to get you that third star to put you over the top? Like I think they were really hoping Russell could be that guy. He is very far from being that guy. Um, and so, so I think one thing about this that I do like is they had a little bit of a scale problem with their defense, which is part of the reason they were so improved last season was they were so much better defensively and a lot of that came from Pat Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt, two role players on their team. And so the question is, like, how do you get even better than that if so much of your identity on one side of the ball is coming from these role players, not from your stars? And so they've solved that problem by replacing Vanderbilt in particular with Gobert. I, I like how that piece of it fits. It's a lot to give up. But I mean, as we're seeing with the DeJounte Murray trade, as we're seeing around the league right now, and I'm, I'm sure as we're going to see in the Kevin Durant trade, a lot of picks some, uh, mostly unprotected picks is kind of the going rate for this stuff right now.
1: Well I want to go to uh, uh, Salt Lake City, where Donovan Mitchell is technically a jazz man right now, technically. Um, there is a lot of uh, chatter around how long that will be the case. And this does it's funny because there was a seminal moment in the uh, in the first round of the uh, of the Western Conference uh, finals or uh, in the Western Conference playoffs. When um, the Jazz were playing um, against the Mavericks, I believe it was Game Four, and uh, Donovan Mitchell throws a lob to Rudy Gobert, and that seemed to be the seminal moment of their year, like the big, like we're gonna be fine, don't even worry about it, right? And they, and I think Donovan kind of bought into that. Right now, we're seeing the writing on the wall that, at the very
0: least, Danny Ainge wants to rebuild in Utah. What was the post game quote from Rudy Gobert after that lot? Did he was it? Fuck the talk. Was was? something along those lines? Fuck the talk,
1: right? But like, it was. It seemed that moment seemed so inorganic, man. It did not. It seemed very forced. I think Donovan was very juiced to see Gobert there, just like I'm going to throw this lob and we're going to make this history and we're just going to make this moment. But everything suggests that the writing is on the wall for Donovan Mitchell to leave. Yeah,
0: that's where I'm of two minds. It does seem like that. I guess it'll depend on his patience, right? Because they got like, as we're saying, they got a lot back here in terms of picks. Those picks can be flipped pretty much immediately if they're able to locate another star for him to play with, or if they want to kind of slow play it. But I think the lesson here overall is that Utah was right. Like they, they've been holding on Rudy Gobert trade offers for a while, basically demanding this kind of return, you know, whether they were requiring all-star level players, whether they're requiring a package of, of basically this four first round picks or more, uh, that's kind of where they had drawn the line. And I think now that they have all that stuff, there's a lot of different directions they could go. I, I could see, I can see a future in which they keep Mitchell for this season for sure. And he gets to see what a team looks like without Rudy Gobert, whatever other pieces they can bring in there, what kind of conversations they can have about who his future co-star could be. You know, he's he's an ambassador of that franchise in a way that not many stars are. You know, he's he's really planted a flag there. And I think I think he's gonna hold on to that a little bit longer, if I if I had to guess. I'm I'm on the other side of that. I think that You think he's out. You think the bags are packed?
1: I think I don't know if the bags are packed yet, but you know, we're looking at um, you know, we're we're looking at we're looking at spots in some beachside homes somewhere in Florida. We're looking at uh, maybe, you know, some <laughs> Scottsdale houses.
0: Who among us hasn't done some casual Zillowing? You know, I'm a Redfin guy myself. Oh, okay. Sorry, no, no free ads. No free ads. Um, no, but I, I think
1: that um, whenever you look at this, if history is a guide, if you look at superstars, they all got homies, right? They all have homies, and they all have teammates that become teammates. Yeah, you, follow, you catching my drift? They have homies that are teammates and that are always going to be good as long as the superstar is there right I'm looking at Eric Pascal <laughs> yeah I'm looking at him not no longer being on the team right now i'm looking at a I'm looking at a coach and Quinn Snyder who was no longer with the organization yeah i'm looking at I'm looking at the no matter what you think of this guy I'm looking at the second best player on the team just packed his bags and he's going he's, look, he's on some sort of uh, housing site looking for a new crib right and I'm looking at Donovan Mitchell looking like Will Smith in the middle of the house in the series finale of Fresh Prince looking around like this isn't an organization that that I was drafted by this is not it's not
0: yeah different front office different coaching staff the only familiar
1: face to him is Dwayne Wade, who never played one minute in Salt Lake. It's just, on the, it's just in the ownership box, right? There is nothing familiar for Donovan Mitchell. So even if he were to play another year, it just seems like a lame duck year. I, I just don't believe that you could come back from this, right? There's just too, many, there's just too much change over over the last... And another thing, the last five years... The Jazz have been who the Jazz are for the last five years. Maybe they're still in the conference finals. They can have one of those 2019 Trailblazer runs where they just, oh, but it just got into the conference finals, but it doesn't really mean much. I think he's just, he's also like on the low flirted with going to other places. I
0: think, I think the shit has hit the fan, Rob. That's what I think. It might have hit the fan. And the question will be when does Donovan push, like, pull that trigger? When does he pull, go the Durant route and say, I need you to trade me? Because short of that, they might do the same thing with him that they did with Gobert in the sense that we're going to wait out the market. Every team in the league expects us to trade Donovan Mitchell right now. So the offers are not going to be where they might be at, by, the, by the trade deadline, going into next summer, whatever, whatever that might be. I think you're ultimately right, right? Like, within, within the next 18 months, it would surprise me if Donovan Mitchell... Is a jazz for that full term, but as far as like, are we going to see something this week, Are we going to see something next week by the end? You know, by the end of free agency, by the end of the off season, I kind of think he's going to start the season as a jazz.
1: Mm. It's Jasmine. so it's so, a, a jazz man, a jazz man. Shout out to Walters. You know what it is. Let's go to a, another big trade. And I was texting you. I was like, "What do you want to talk about, Rob? What you want? What you want to? What you want to? What's going on?" And you said Rudy Bear And another guy, you said, "I'm going to switch conferences here." Malcolm Brogdon going to the Celtics. So this is one of those pickups that happen when you are already a contender, right? Where you are already know what you got. You already have your two, you have your guys, you were locked in. You just, you may or may not have gotten uh, a few, mo- few weeks of removed from a finals run. You know, this is, this is the type of pickup you get to enhance a roster. Um, but I, I'm just going to be honest. I know this just got like a lot of traction on, on the timeline, a lot of traction on television shows. I'm not bought in. I'm not wow. bought into this trade. I'm not. I'm not you're, locked in. You're on this
0: nonplussed, trade. nonplussed
1: by this deal. I'm nonplussed by this deal. The biggest thing, and I know that Malcolm Brogdon, um, he averages 19 points a game, is a welcome score, extra score to a team that needs it, an extra playmaker to a team that needs it. Um, we both watched the uh, the Celtics in the finals. We saw what it was. They didn't lose um, based on their on their defensive prowess. They lost because they couldn't get buckets. All right now, while Buck, while Brogdon can get buckets, he cannot stay on the floor. All right, the guy just can't stay on the floor. You know, I'm gonna hat tip this to Brian Windhorse. Um, he's averaged 48 games a season over the last three years. It's not great. Not what you want. That's not what you want. I'm not, I will, I will, I will continue my, my, my tangent, but I want to know, what do you think about this trade? Are you, are you, are you, uh, I
0: I feel like you're a bit higher on this trade than I am. I mean, I'm higher on it on the grounds of, do I like Malcolm Brogdon as a player better than Peyton Pritchard, right? Like that's where the line is because he's coming in. They really, I think it's, it's less about, do you love Malcolm Brogdon and his injury history and more about. Kind of in the in the opposite vein of Gobert, how do you feel about this relative to giving up? Basically, a future first and Aaron Niesmith are are the only like material things they gave up. And Aaron Niesmith, may or may not be an NBA player. We really don't know. So I like it. I like it from the pure gamble of we're already a great team as you outlined. We need a little bit of ball handling. We need some guard help. It's kind of a an outsized version of what they tried with Derek White, right? And that's where I would hope. If you're looking at Malcolm Brogdon and his injury history and saying, what could be different here? I mean, for one, the workload is going to be different than anywhere he's ever played. Just he has a lot of scoring help around him in Boston, but also a lot of guard help, you know, like between Marcus Martin, Derek White. Like there's really not a reason why Malcolm Brogdon, who I mean, believe it or not, he's only 29 years old. He feels like he's 34 with that kind of injury history, but he's only 29 but he should be playing sub thirty minutes a game this season. Like, there's really just not a need to stretch him very far, and so hopefully that gets him above forty something games played. The the key to this, though, and I agree with you, uh, the key to this
1: is we need to see the next step because um, this isn't a regular season move by any means. This is the Celtics are going to be fine. The key to this is the gradual evolution of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They have to reach another level next year, right? Like they have all the help. Malcolm Brogdon, if he plays 82 games, one, that's amazing. If he plays 82 games, but if he plays 82 games and is a perfect third score for that team and Jalen takes that, takes his lumps and watches a film and holds onto that basketball very, very tight. <laughs> It'll be a great move. You know, it, the, the, the Celtics are right there in the, in, the, in the Eastern Conference. They're right there. You know, Rob Williams has to get healthy. Um, we got to see. There's still a lot of question marks with Celtics, right? Because, you know, Al Horford, we have to see how he plays next year with another, you know, I don't, I don't know what year he's in, but, you know, he's, he's getting older, right? So there's, a lot, there's still a lot more questions with the Celtics. It was a solid move. I'm just curious
0: about the, the injury history. You know, you, you, this can go either way. That really does put everything in perspective, though. Not just with this move, but so many of these moves where ultimately the Celtic season is going to be decided by can Jason Tatum be 20% better than he played in the finals? And maybe that's it. Maybe maybe they win the championship last year. Maybe they win it this next year. Um, you, I think if you're Boston, you hope that Brogdon is the kind of guy who helps you get to the conference finals, who helps you survive some of those, what are looking to be pretty brutal matchups in the East with some of these top teams. The Nets may be out of that group, but everyone else looks like they're stocking up.
1: This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy.
0: right as they're being scooped into the carton and time just stands still
1: I want to go rapid-fire with you really quickly, Rob. Let's do it. What is a move out there in your eyes that didn't get the, as much acclaim as it should have gotten, um, that hasn't gotten all the claim. it hasn't been on the ticker, it hasn't been
0: all that, that will pay the most dividends going into the next season? The most dividends? I mean, there's some that just, like, teams could not afford to lose this guy. Kevon Looney, case in point. Like, if the Warriors lost Kevon Looney, if someone plucked him away, I think they would be kind of screwed. And so moves like that, not a huge bit of business. Gavon Looney getting three years, 26-ish million Oh, it is dollars. in the Bay Area. I will say this. That <laughs> is a huge news in the Bay Area. <laughs> Loondog getting his appropriate praise out here in the Bay, certainly. But everywhere else, I, like these are the moves that champions absolutely have to make because you're already losing two rotation pieces in Gary Payton the second, Otto mm-hmm. Porter. You cannot afford to lose your one legitimate center that's going to buy James Wiseman time, hopefully, to become James Wiseman.
1: I know we said rapid fire, but you went to the Warriors, so I just wanted to just just give my little piece on what they what they did. They got Dante Divincenzo, which is a solid pickup, you know, considering we called we called a, a cheaper Gary Payton II um, before the pod. Um, lost Otto Porter and Juan Anderson, Juan Toscano Anderson, which I don't think hurt anybody with me, you know, he's going to the Lakers. But um, wh- the biggest thing I saw from the Warriors is big, trusty in- institution energy from them right they didn't they didn't really they didn't really make any splashes like that they just you know we're just, we, we we trust in the process the, honestly the biggest news out of there is if an extension is going to happen but with with either uh wiggins and and or jordan pool so um big trust the institution energy from the warriors Um uh, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on those of those teenagers next year we got to see what what uh what moses moody and kaminga does do you are the Warriors? I guess this is my second um, rapid fire question. Are the Warriors going to regret losing the guys that they did specifically GP two Gary Payton II?
0: I think so. And and you know I'm I'm pretty high on Moody. I think he's going to be a good player for them this year. But that's a that's a deep end of the pool to throw a young guy into saying, oh, you're going to come in and have to guard top wing players as much as as much as someone like Gary Payton did that's where you hope Wiggins is up for it again you hope you can kind of scrap the rest of it together but you need as many of those tough ass dig in perimeter defenders you can get and Gary Payton II is about as good as a player as you're going to find in that type and certainly at that price range it's just a shame they weren't able to kind of you know they only had so much to offer between basically giving him the mid-level or I think early bird rights was really their only other option Portland outbid them And here we are. Now he's a blazer.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Another
1: question. Which team benefited the most from sitting still? And I know that's, we're only in day two of free agency. um, And a lot can happen. We're kind of at a standstill right now, especially with Kevin being, uh, with Kevin Durant, not knowing where his trade partner, but like early on, who, who benefited the most from not doing, not doing the splashy moves? I think probably
0: Milwaukee. You know, they brought back Bobby Portis, who another guy they could not afford to lose, their own kind of Kevon Looney. They brought back Wes Matthews. They brought back Javon Carter. That's kind of it right now. But you have Giannis and you have Chris Middleton coming back and hopefully he's healthier at the end of your season this time. And you have Drew Holiday. Like, I think they have a lot of reason to look at their roster and say, we should have won the East if Chris had been healthy. And so let's give it another crack at it and see if we can do it this time.
1: See, Milwaukee is just one of those teams that lingers. They're just going (laughs) to linger forever. They're going to linger as long as Giannis is there. They're, I think I'm just going to, it's really early. We haven't done the uh, real ones uh, season preview yet, but uh, I just I just put the bucks in for the for the uh, Eastern Conference Championship. Just put that as your pick, no matter what. Just like it doesn't <laughs> just even matter as in long now? as Giannis is on the roster. Just put them on on there, right? Like they're. It's funny because they have a, they're the the Eastern Conference version of you know I guess what the Warriors hope to be, right? Where they're just there. They're just gonna be there. Or what. Honestly, a better example is like the Spurs of the, the, the uh, maybe about a decade ago, right? Where you just pencil them in, you know? And, and, and where they have the institution, they have the player to build around, they, they, ha- they don't have any controversy. You haven't really heard anything coming out of Milwaukee like that. Oh, it's just fine. We're, gonna, we're just going to keep on trucking.
0: Milwaukee's just one of those teams for me. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I have a feeling I'm going to do the same thing. I, th- I think we can go ahead and pencil them in as the favorite. Again, unless something crazy happens, like KD goes to Miami, you know, some, something really seismic. But short of that, I'm going to bet on Giannis a lot of the time anyone asks me to bet on anything.
1: Alright, are you ready for Legacy Talk real quick? Do we have to? It's July. No, I'm ready. I mean, yeah. Like, that's when, you, right. that's when we do Legacy Talk. Alright, alright. If Kyrie Irving's career or to end tomorrow, or today?
0: How would we look at it? He's a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, I think so. I think on those grounds, I mean, I think it's a disappointment, certainly, just in terms of maybe a star who had more within his control blow up in his face than almost any other star in modern NBA history. Other, like, I think you would look at you know, guys who were chronically out of shape being in that category, guys who just like could not get along with other high caliber teammates being in that category. But Kyrie really takes the boat in terms of finding so many different ways to shoot himself in the foot at these various stops. I think it would be looked at as a shame. And that's kind of a bummer for a guy who has one of the most iconic shots in playoff history. Some incredible moments, obviously has the skill set to be as good as anyone. I think you'd be seen as a Hall of Famer and a disappointment.
1: That's a hell of a juxtaposition. Yeah. That's isn't it though? It's just and it's sad because it's like I, I, a guy that is supremely talented has played has the the game to play with the all-time greats of his era. And at times just, he had LeBron James off to the sideline like, "Yo, pass him the ball." I need pass him the ball so we can get this title. You know? I'm, I want him to ISO with the game on the line, the biggest game of my life. Give it to him. And, you know, I might have a take for you. I, I've, I've been, and I don't even know if this is going to make the show, Rob. <laughs> but I think I'm going to compare Kyrie Irving to Jay-Z. Okay. And not like Jay-Z, like... Of, I'm going to compare him to the criticisms we get of Jay-Z. Oh, We're, we're getting to, real I, meta here. I, I happen to think that Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time. But I'm just going to go with the criticisms that we have of Jay-Z. Jay-Z has had two sellout stadium tours, sir. Two of them, right? And he can tell you that. And he's, and he's right. And he's right. But who are those... Two stadium tours with one Rob Mahoney. One was with Justin Timberlake, right? Okay. The other stadium tour was with was with Beyonce Knowles. Mm. So he wins this championship no matter how talented he is. <laughs> wins this championship on the on the back with other people, all right? Yeah. Beyonce is the LeBron in this equation, right? Beyonce is one hundred percent the LeBron in this okay. equation. Phenomenal, phenomenal reference. There we go. It's a great, and I workshopped this earlier. is um, a, a great player, uh, but all of the, like, all of the, I think that a great player that thinks he's greater than he actually is to the detriment of all the teams around him, right? I think when it's all said and done, the bark wasn't worth the bite. And that is saying a lot considering the fact that he is one of the greatest players I have ever seen live. I've never, I, like, man, I'm just jaw-dropping, right? But chronically stubbed his, t- like, just, just put his foot in his mouth, man. Just all these things. And it's just, I just think disappointing.
0: And I think that's my Kyrie take. I think what makes it a bummer is he has to to kind of complete your your Jay Z situation here. Like he has the mentality to be a co-headliner. Like it, the problem is not that he doesn't want to play with Kevin Durant or he doesn't want to play with other star players. Like he, when he and Harden and Durant were out there together, and he, Kyrie gave up the ball, he was willing to cut, he was willing to defend, he was doing all the stuff you would want a star of his of his reputation to do to give up in those situations, and he did it. He, like he he was willing to be a co-headliner. It's just all this other stuff, whether it's the injuries, whether it's the refusal to get vaccinated, whether it's I'm just gonna peace out for a week for my birthday. Like there's just so many weird things with him perpetually. I I can't wait to see what his next act is and what his next team will allow him to get away with.
1: I do think, and I don't, and we I have a couple more questions for you, but I do think that. The most, pl- the most plausible way, and I know he wants to go to, Lo- to Los Angeles and play. You know, He wants to go to Los Angeles and play with LeBron. I think that might be the best thing for him. I think that might be the best thing that he could hope for. I think that that is the only place and the only other person that he has reverence for that I, I think he'll stay in line. And I think that if he comes goes, or goes to the Lakers, I think, they're right up there. If they can keep AD and LeBron and, and Kyrie, that's a team that can win a title. Like Point blank. That, you could put them talent-wise over the Warriors. You can put them on paper. You're like, whoa, if they could just keep just put this together. Um, that, would be, that could be a special team. It could be, but
0: we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised to if part of Kyrie, not, not to get too far into his head because whatever is You're going on lost. up there, I, I, yeah, it's a, it's a labyrinth up there. But I would not be surprised if part of him took that part of playing w- with LeBron for granted. The idea that like when I play with LeBron and I do things, people are going to ask me about it a little bit, but the spotlight is so fixed on LeBron all the time that I can kind of coast around in the background and do my Kyrie thing. And then when he's gone off on his own, whether it's in Boston, whether it's in Brooklyn, even even with Kevin Durant, so much of the attention was around Kyrie at all times. I think he might have taken for granted just the the freedom that gives you as like the guy in the background while everyone looks at LeBron. That's the
1: hired gun, just to just like just, I'm just gonna just gonna just gonna make shots, bro. You worry about him, and I'm good because it doesn't seem like like in contrary to popular belief. Like I know this is gonna sound wild on the surface, but. It, he doesn't seem like a guy that wants all the attention, bro. Like, I think he saw the attention is like, oh, shit. Like, like he got this LeBron level spotlight and like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like it, he, when when he had to explain his raps, it was not it, it didn't go so well. Right. Um, all right. A couple more questions. for you.
0: Let's do it. Do we believe the Knicks have a plan? Yeah. Why not? W- what would lead you to believe that they don't? And is is signing Jalen Brunson not enough of a plan for you, I guess is the question. I just don't know what they're going to. I think I
1: just, it's my bad. And I I probably should be. It's my bad that I just hold the old Knicks against the new Knicks. I think that's what it is.
0: I mean, they are, they earned it. That's for sure. They
1: earned it. So like everything that they do is kind of scrutinized overpay. And I think when you're, you know, when you're at, the level of where the Knicks are in terms of the league, you have to overpay for guys. You just do. You don't have the reputation to just be like, "Oh, I'm going to somebody's going to take less to come here, right?" But Jalen Brunson being the first guy, right, of this of the regime, like we're going to overpay to get, just doesn't make me feel settled
0: with the Knicks. It's not the best, but Brunson's a solid it's not the player. Best and it's, start no, but he wants to be there. You know, like he's a good player who wants to play for your team, and he fits what you need enough to justify it. Like, I I think that's where I am. Like it's murky and kind of hilarious with everything that's swirling around that in terms of who is related to who and who is coached to and who works for whom there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in the Jalen Brunson situation. That's, that's very funny, but in pure basketball terms, he's going to make them better, you know? And like, does he get them into a, a, a rock solid playoff spot? Probably not, but I think they're probably entrenched in that play in group with you know, maybe the Clevelands, maybe the Chicago's, depending on how the rest of their offseason goes. We'll have to see kind of how everything shakes out. But I think they're in that, that six to nine kind of range, probably.
1: Two more questions. Are we going to look back at this mini deal? Let's just bring it all full circle. Are we going to look back at this mini deal in five years like, oh, this was a success? Or damn, we gave up a lot of assets and we're fucked.
0: I'm going to say Neither. Oh. I think it's, I think it's going to be a relative success that'll get them further in the playoffs. That'll make them a more sustainable team. And the picks are going to be fine. Like, I think like one of those picks is going to turn out to be a real player and they're going to like, there'll be a, a section of the fan base that wrings its hands over whoever that is. But like, look, look at the pick they gave up. Like they gave up the number 22 pick this season. That was part of the trade package. This guy they just selected are you really going to miss a couple of number 22 picks? I mean, it it's, it sucks not to have it and to have that in your developmental pipeline, but that's not what dooms you as a franchise. Especially, like, Tim Connolly, one of his strengths running a front office was finding guys. You know, was finding a Tory Craig off the scrap heap. Finding a Gary Harris and turning him into a player. Like, He's, that was kind of what he did in Denver, and we'll have to see if he can do it again, or if or, you know if that was the scouting apparatus, if that was his decision making. Who knows? But he's going to have a shot at it because they're not going to have first round picks for a while.
1: Last question, man, before we get out of here, just to uh, to do it. Um, we we talked about this on um on a uh, KOC Spotify live. I don't know if you went on there. It was, it was very I missed long. it. It seemed like a party. Everybody else was in there. It was like three hours long. I kicked it for like an hour, and I was like, I got to go. But one of the questions that was that was brought. Was what's the uh, what's the team that you want Kevin Durant to go to? Where where
0: where what's the destination you would want to want to see him at? Uh, Memphis would be my pick. Would love. I mean the the combination. Basically, when I'm thinking of KD, I'm like, who are the electric guards who can play off of his shooting as well as anyone? And that that. That that answer starts and stops with John Moran, right? Like, if you can get those two guys together, and I almost don't care what it takes to get there. Like, I know you're probably going to have to give up Jaron Jackson Jr., who I think is a tremendous defender. I know you might have to give up a Dylan Brooks or a Desmond Bain or whoever that is to kind of make that package make sense. But, man, I would love it. I, I don't think I don't think KD wants that, but that's what I want. Yo,
1: Memphis would love... Kevin Durant. You hear me? Man? They would love him. And it would be finally like the co-sign that like Memphis has always wanted in this league, right? They've, they've always wanted the. It would be also interesting, like how Memphis and Memphis probably go get there at, at a point in time, whether I don't think Katie's going to Memphis, but Memphis, I'm curious to see how they are as a winner and as like an expected winner, right? Just like one of those teams where they're not the underdog. Like no, everyone's, bro, the barbecue is the best and we already know this, right? We already know. Um, We already know Central Barbecue is the best, you know, but I think I would like
0: to see him like, see him in Phoenix would be kind of tight. This is one of those cases where the highly reported favorite destination is actually pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
1: Like you get to like, you see him, he's in like Golden State's division. He has a chance to see Golden State in the Western Conference finals and just redeem and just throw a middle. Could you, because we're going to be at that game. Like, like he has a chance to beat the Warriors and, like, throw a middle finger in Chase Center. Just like, I don't... Okay, yeah, all right. You guys talk... Like, he has that chance, right? That would just be very entertaining for, for basketball. Also, he could also do that in Memphis, which I don't know if I have an answer for that. It'll be it'll be him throwing a middle finger and John ja Morant throwing a middle finger to everyone <laughs> in the front row of Chase Center. That would be cool.
0: That's just a middle finger-throwing team right there. Oh,
1: don't you love it? Oh, I just love it. I just want them to just just harness that a little bit more and just like play smarter down the stretch. They'll get there. They'll get there one day. Um, it's such a treat to have you on, man. It's great to have you on uh, to, to lock in with you, Rob. This has been another edition or another edition of the partnership between me and Rob on a podcast oh, yeah. for the ringer NBA show for day two of the 2022 NBA free agency, July 1st. Um, for regularly scheduled programming, um, Real Ones will be back, I believe, next Thursday. So Roger will be back. He's on vacation with the kids and stuff. Uh, we'll see him. I'm sure he has a lot to say. Um, you can catch uh you can catch me on real ones every Monday and Thursday. You can catch Rob on group chat and pretty much every um ringer podcast like this week. Any any ringer. He was on Simmons' pod, he was on <laughs> he's on group chat every Wednesday. Yeah. you check out his all his work on ringer.com thanks buddy thanks for coming on thanks logan this was a blast for sure man we'll see you next time holla basketball is very good basketball is very good